0: everybody and welcome to Tracking in Stations. I am your interim host for today because is out in the woods somewhere for I don't know what reason. Um, I'm Nystrick, hello, and I'm joined as always by Ashtarathi and our guest today, Jin Tan. Uh, Jin, do you want to go ahead and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do in EVE?
1: Uh, hello, yeah, I am the head of C for ProviBlock, a sitting member of CSM11 and a the co-host of the declarations of war podcast with alexia Carter.
2: all
0: right what about you ashrathi i know you're here every week but tell us a bit about yourself
2: yeah i am Ashtarothy. i am a writer for crossing zebras i am on this podcast plus a couple of my own including hydrag and hydrostatic uh and i am the acting commander of aderon robotics
0: all right. So before we get into what we're going to talk about, I know Astroth you've been super busy lately doing stuff at Eve. So what have you been up to at Eve? Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's kind of interesting. We're going to talk more about this later. But uh, I wrote an article at the beginning of this week uh, that was kind of more negative, which had an interesting response because I usually have a, a much more negative or sorry positive canter, um, optimistic canter. So. Um, uh, a lot of people kind of called me out on, on my negativity, which was true. So there's a bunch of soul-searching. So I've actually been uh, running a bunch of missions today, just kind of going back to the basics, my equivalent of going out to the woods and, you know, pulling a throw and learning simplicity. Um, but on top of that, also, Aeron Robotics is kind of entering into our next phase of development. We have a lot of float where a lot of people have been in the game you know over the last five six years we've collected a lot of people who have left uh, unfortunately left us so uh, i've been doing the great purge where we carefully assembled kind of a list of criteria to still remain in the corp and now i'm doing the the harrowing duty of kind of going through and removing everybody who doesn't qualify so um you know just more more stuff that it takes to to run one of these kinds of organizations uh so yeah, uh, I've been really kind of engaged and also on top of that, we've been doing some pretty crazy even battleship fleets. Uh, we had two battleship fleets in the last couple of weeks, uh, which for Faction Warfare is pretty unusual. Uh, but we were working with the larger Galente militia, which was pretty cool. Uh, one of them went really, really well. The other one went really poorly. So uh, pretty much. So they evened out. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, I survived both of them, so <laughs> for me, it's all, it's all good.
0: And what about you, Jin? What have you kind of been up to in EVE lately? Or have you been more focused on out-of-game stuff?
1: Uh, Well, I never try and focus on uh, uh, out-of-game stuff. I definitely think that I have a responsibility to actually play this goddamn game. (laughs) Uh, Because it is fucking wonderful. Um, Personally, uh, the biggest thing that happened to CBA recently is we got dropped from Faction Warfare because we are awful and can't manage our standings, Um, (laughs) but other than that, we have uh, entered the Alliance tournament, which is something I'm very, very happy about. Yay. I might not be the captain, but um, I love competitive gaming at pretty much all levels, so it's absolutely wonderful to be involved in that in my favorite game, which is Low.
0: You and I have that in common, because if there's anything that brings me back to I really want to play EVE, it's always, always, always the Alliance tournament, because oh, I yeah. love it. Every year, and but- I, I watch every competitive eSport you can think of. I will, I will consume it. Like a crazy person. So when the Lions tournament happens, I am there. Um, and for those of you in chat wondering where everyone else is, the answer is, I don't know. Matterall was like, "Here, do this thing," so I'm doing this thing, and everyone else is away for reasons I don't know.
1: Sorry. Like this is effectively, you, you're just you're just um. Moderating a head v head versus me and Ash here. <laughs> I know I'm
0: really excited, so. so we're gonna jump into this because Ash, uh, he alluded to this, and so you guys know the um, article is being displayed on your screen. It's called "Eva's Dying and We're the Ones Killing It," and uh, which is unusual for Ash because, yes, in especially on our show, um, and I know I've only been I've only done it like three or four times, but Ash is very, you very very much our our kind of hope for Eve voice are, no, Eve is great, there's all these things you're missing out on, and the PVE is fantastic, even though most of us, mostly me, think, oh god, PVE, I don't want to die. Um, so it's weird to see this kind of negativity come from Ash, and I'm excited to kind of see what he has to say about when he when you wrote it, so kind of your thoughts when you were writing it, and uh, sort of your thoughts now, after the fact.
2: Yeah, um, also, I have another piece that I that I've written, haven't, hasn't made it all the way through the pipe yet. I'm not sure if it's going to be published because it's way more kind of bloggy. So it may not actually end up on Crossing Zebras, but I'll put it somewhere else if it doesn't Please. make it there. Um, but uh, it, it, it really was an introspection about all of this. So uh, I guess part of my problem, and, and I think as I was responding to the feedback, uh, it caused me to think a lot more about what I was actually trying to say. Which probably would have been good, good to, to have that once over before I posted it, um, but yeah, That's what ready.
0: editors are for. I, yeah, well... <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: It's true. Uh, CZ
1: doesn't really do um, style editing in that
2: manner. We... Most places basically,
1: don't. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, it is yeah. Good, pretty good. I don't mind that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't kick back my article and say, are you?" well actually, to, let me be fair. Nightin actually did pull me aside at this and, was, and uh, asked me if I was sure about the title specifically um, and I do admit I, going into this that the, the title was um, designed to be ex- yeah, it was inflammatory it was designed to be exciting it was designed <laughs> to tie into that notion of, of every summer we evaluate is Eve dying um, I think you but,
0: accomplished that the only I, negative side of that is that a lot of people were like Eve is dying fuck you and turned away
2: well, no, actually, I didn't actually get a lot of people that said that. But oh, it that's was like, good. It, what what you saw was that knee-jerk response because people are so exhausted with having that argument that they just saw that I was presenting that argument and then just basically copy-pasted their argument that they give whenever anybody says that Eve is dying yep. and then just acted like I was another person. I was accused of being goons, which was kind of funny. And that doesn't
0: surprise I, me. I think um, my, my favorite thing
1: about that was that uh, people effectively proved one of the points you brought up in the article, where you talked about how you people don't uh, people will shut down someone if they think they're saying something that's been said before, and say, why don't you read the backlog? And then people did exactly that right back to you, which I thought was quite amusing from it also irony perspective.
0: It also proves another one of the points you made, and I think this is one of the latter points. Um, I'm going to kind of summarize for you guys just really quick so you know what's going on, um, the article makes a few, um, accusations kind of at the community, not at CCP and more at the community of EVE, and one of the big ones is that hostilities in the game have kind of spilt over into the real world, and that by and large it's that them versus us mentality that's killing EVE, creative projects in EVE, even going so far as I think to, and I'm not sure that I read this right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to accuse the them versus us mentality even, um, you know, dripping into the CSM and kind of killing it as well. At least that's the accusation in the article.
2: Right. Well, uh, and again, we're going to get more into this with uh, Jin, because thankfully of all of the pieces, uh, all of my arguments that were made, this was the most resoundly kind of disproven Mm -hmm. to my my great pleasure, which is that um, I kind of... And, and again, this article was completely from just my perception at the time of me writing it, which has dramatically changed in the last week with people with this discussion. But, right, uh, but what
0: you're saying is people were like, Grr, you're goons, and kind of proving that them versus us mentality and how strong it is. And I mean, that's something we've talked right. about a lot on the show, especially, and how deeply it affects people in EVE.
2: That is correct. So they, they read specific parts of my argument, and then made certain value judgments about who I was because of the arguments that I was making, and then lumped me with a group of people because of that, and then dismissed the article um, out of hand yep. by by that, which is, I don't know if that's a straw man argument, but but either way, uh, you know, it's it very interesting to watch it happen. And actually there's a lot of meta to that too, because the whole notion of the argument uh, that I wanted to make was that, you know, goons in particular, whether or not goons actually are the evil, like villain that they that we make them out to be, um, uh, there is this image of the way it was, and and the fact that villainy and being just god awful to each other was uh, acceptable. And and in a lot of ways, goons, for one, you know, for whatever reason they've earned it or whatnot, uh, they were in the centerpiece of kind of that power base of the of the just the truly bad to each other kind of people. And so the question then becomes if you're going to justify a war against an ideology, because that's a lot of what MB, uh, the, the, the war was about. Like a lot of the people were there for money, but e- even more people were there because they were, wanted to once and for all stomp out this, this negative, the villains of the. Gurgoons. Gurgoons. So, yeah, so the question the then is, becomes. Do you not
1: think that that's a good thing? Do you not think that having a narrative behind the conflict? Even if that conflict is driven by monetary gain, do you not think that there's something to be gained from having enemies and having
2: an adversary I think, in the game? Because I, I think personally it's great. think that that's a core part of EVE. I completely I th- agree with you. I think it's great. My question was, and I found it afterwards and I was really mad that I didn't start the entire uh, line, or the entire piece with the Nietzsche quote, where, you know, be careful when fighting monsters, lest you become a monster, and if you stare into the abyss, you will find it staring back, I paraphrase. Um, (laughs) But that's basically what the entire message, what my frustrations was, was that, in order to uh, what what i watched happening within the community was that it was being rapidly divided into two different groups of people there was the goon swarm and those who stood with them who stood behind their iron wall of us versus them and that look at them everybody is coming to destroy us and we have only tried to build good things and then there is the outside of it which basically villainized that other group of people and spoke of unspeakable terrible things um, over the course of a decade and used those events in order to enact te- increasingly terrible things upon that group of people. And while that's cool to a certain extent, there is a point in which I think that we need to say that the war is over and we need to figure out whether or not we are becoming the very terrible thing that we era- that we rallied again- in order to destroy.
0: I think my biggest... Thing with your article, ashes, where you know I read it and I thought, okay, well, you know, I can see where you're making some of your points, but I think the strongest point that I took away from it was the issue with the out of game tactics. Um, and people probably say, oh, that's just because you're a goon, and I'm, I'm, I'm not really. I've been, in, I was in goons for a month and then I quit Eve and haven't gone back um, after being in test during the Fountain War, where I was very staunchly anti goon. So that that them versus us has been there for me for a really long time because I came into test at a time where Test was really trying to push back against goons. So, you know, it's it's fun to play a game when it's about in-game shooting ships versus shooting other ships and whose ships are the best and whose fleets are the best and whose FCs are F seeing their pilots the best to win the fight. It's a little difficult for me to swallow the pill of the goons have been eradicated and cultural victory because it was all about out-of-game sort of money raining from the sky. How do you fight
2: that? Right. and I, All I right. Think-
0: that,
1: uh, so I'm going I'm to take advantage of being...
0: No,
2: go ahead.
1: go ahead. Go uh, ahead. And say that I'm not a member of each side. I was very briefly a member of the Money Badger Coalition, <laughs> but then... Got kicked out because I'm boggling, and we can't control our spaghetti. But um, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's ever—it was ever a war to eradicate goons. It was a war to eradicate the Imperium and what it stood for. Because the Imperium, y- you have to understand, is was effectively a remnant of the Dominion Age. And mm-hmm. whilst there are some things I don't currently like about the ages' Soft System and what I'm gonna, what people are calling the Fuzzy Sov Age now. It's, you know, it it was very, very unbalancing to have one major coalition that was also allied with the only other major coalition. That's the DRF and the Imperium CFC, whatever you want to call it. And I actually talked about this in my own articles because I also write quite a lot. And it's something that I feel is less of an ideological war and more of a practical one. Because having one empire that survived through what was effectively the strengths of friendships and existing bonds between their pilots was incredibly unbalancing to the game in the same way that the NCPL alliance is.
0: Yeah, I will say but... it was fun to see goons kind of get a taste of their own medicine where it's like, You've blobbed people to death. Now be blobbed to death.
2: It was very poetic on, on certain levels, but uh I guess my, my thing is is that uh, I joined during um, the Tyrannus expansion, which meant I had a front row seat for Incarna and Incursions and all of those things where I, I saw the potential for CCP to mess up, the potential for CCP to do well, and the potential for the Eve community to tear things apart. and. The one thing that I don't think people talk about enough is that, you know, CCP lost 20% of their staff during Incarna. Like, if if Crucible didn't happen, we probably wouldn't be playing Eve right now, and and we were that close to the threshold. And so, and and I, and I even admit this in kind of my new piece or whatever that there was there is a certain concern where i understand that that eve is in fact a fragile thing we live in an age in which mmos get shuttered all the time um i I was playing nosgoth and that game was pretty fun there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever but they just never got it to catch on and it got closed down before i even made it out of beta um and and you know that's really scary because that's a that's a game that i would like to be playing that i can't anymore because other people because other people messed it up or that because it didn't actually catch on and they didn't handle it correctly or whatever ends up being so um you know there there is a there is a fear that like okay it's fun to get to laugh at the kickstarter or to be mad at goons for what they did with it or whatever you want to talk about but let's be very clear you know the next kickstarter is going to be that much harder to do and we would live in a better world if if Kickstarter books for Eve stories were a thing that could be done fairly easily. Andrew Groening created his book and that created a really cool precedent. And it'd be nice if we could go back to that kind of mentality. Uh, When, when I, you know, in October, I said that 2016 was going to be the, the year of fan made content. And what I, and on the one hand, I do see some of that, but I think that the war has made, uh, has definitely flavoured that content, has turned it from storytelling to propaganda, um, which might be fine, ultimately. Um, but I... the, the question is, are we, are we stifling each other or are we destroying what we have in order to forward our in-game objectives? And if we are, then, then what damage does that do?
1: I reject your assumption that the Kickstarter was rejected by the community because it was a goon project. I... I'm just going to say that out now. So,
0: okay, but why? You know
1: that I have that opinion. <laughs> I personally believe that the Kickstarter was not effectively presented well to the community. It was presented to the community using underhanded manner through the attempted Reddit prograding. It was. Uh, it was always sold to us as you must make this happen for the community, and that's a very disingenuous tactic to use when you're doing a Kickstarter the point of the kickstarter is that you want people to feel like the kickstarter is going towards a goal unto itself the kickstarter's goal should not have been we want kickstarting books to be seen as a normal thing the the kickstarter should have been a thing to we want to make this cool book about this one war that we think is particularly interesting here's why we've chosen this war here's why we've chosen this writer They needed to lay it out in a very logical, very detached-from-the-game manner, and unfortunately the TMC staff failed to do that, in my opinion, and that's why there was such public backlash about it. There obviously was some element of Gergoons in that, but that's always going to happen. You have to understand that some people can't see beyond the game, and whilst that's not a significant portion of the population,
2: it does exist. Like, you can't... Go ahead. Allow me to clarify my point because you are a hundred percent correct. The mismanagement, and, and that was one of the other things about the piece, is, is very hard because I, I wanted to be very neutral about it because it's very easy to once you start laying blame or tr- start trying to pick apart the the last few months, it's very easy to start casting blame upon the other people, which is in its essence the 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 problem, right? Like like all never never looking at your own behavior is kind of one of the problems that I'm trying to talk to um but you're you're absolutely correct the major failing of the kickstarter was a mismanagement of the kickstarter but my point is is that that was the energy that was the thrust but the tip of the spear the thing that pierced the thing that did the most damage was the fact that that much emphasis that much power that much thrust was 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 channeled by the Gurgoons hate that had been built up over the course of a decade and so when there was that sense of weakness they, they used that energy and they used that momentum in order to create further divisions. And then, of course, uh, the Imperium didn't help anything by, by battering up their walls.
0: No. The, the, the article it, is well to a point you know, reading them, I agreed, you know, it's like the points of the articles were to try to articulate that it doesn't matter really what we do, people will dislike what we do because we are who we are. And in some way, understanding kind of the history of the Imperium, and especially of the TMC site, um, that's really how we felt. Like, it didn't matter what we did, people didn't like it because we were goons or because we were the Imperium, even if we felt like we were doing something good. And I'll completely agree with both of you that the Kickstarter and the way that it was done was um, shit. Yeah. But, and, you know, it's unfortunate that that's kind of how things happened. But I, I will say that a lot of the kickback that was at least the most vocal was the goons are trying to make a book to make goons look good. And that was a lot of the vocal, of course, always, always the vocal minority, and that's what a lot of people heard. They heard right, less pro, of pro the. Tip,
1: don't think that the main reason behind something is what gets upvoted on Reddit. I know that. I know, that. That's I know a that terrible idea in. Like, I'm clear. In everything in general. I was. I was <laughs> going <laughs> if you to say. At Reddit for your opinions. No. Ron Paul would have won 2008, and currently Bernie Sanders would be winning <laughs> right? the national elections in America. No, I'm so... definitely
0: not saying that. That's why I think that that was the way that it was. Obviously, like I said, that was the that was the part that was definitely heard the most.
2: Right. So, um, but <clears throat> I guess one of the big things is is that a lot of that piece uh, has been proven wrong. Right. Like it's the bottom line is is that it's very easy for us to get into naysaying, especially given the fact that we are in the summer and there hasn't been a lot of information. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of stirrings in the background. I know CCP Fozzie just I think not Fozzie, but uh, Falcon just in the last day or two has said um that there's a lot of more information coming out very soon um you know it looks like they took off most of this month that patch is coming out very soon it's there's almost nothing in it well okay my bad there's one big thing in it and that's basically it which shows me that you know they're just wrapping up on stuff and they've got other projects that are crossing over into the next time cycle which isn't necessarily a bad thing and so there's still plenty of good opportunity for, for things to be going in a really good way. And so assuming that like, we are in a bad path, is, uh, it's definitely, that's disingenuous. I think that CCP is filled with incredibly comp- competent pl- uh, developers, uh, designers that are getting better and better at their job every single day understanding a system that literally no one understands. Like that's one of the things that I think that us as a player base could really use an opportunity to kind of sit back and remember, which is that this is not an exact science. No one has ever constructed something like this before, and it's very easy for myself or somebody else to be like, "Hey, why don't you just do this thing? It'd be great." But we don't, you know, I don't have to think about the exact design hours in order to make it happen. I don't need to think about how to make it happen or, you know, what, what obstacles are going to be needing to be brought down. I don't need to think about what else is in their timeline. I don't need to think about what their marketing people are are saying or where their other, uh, you know, their, their higher five end goal, five-year goals or whatever. I don't need to think about all that stuff. I can just be like, Hey, you know what to make exploration really cool. If you totally revamp the sisters of Eve to be like this, you know, and, and everybody's like, Oh, you're great. But You know, as as people who are building the game, like that process has a lot more reality to it. And and there's a lot of things that we don't get to understand because we couldn't because we're just the public. And remember, the public is always stupid. Right. Well,
0: that's the fun thing about EVE versus other games that I've noticed is like, yeah, you'll see a lot of like other MMOs where people are like, well, why don't you just do this thing and it'll be so much better and other games are like, okay, let's do that. And it's like, oh, that's a terrible idea. And then they do it and it actually is a terrible idea and everything dies. So it's, but I find that in EVE or on EVE posting places, which are plentiful, um, you know, people are always like, try this thing, do this thing. And everyone's like, no. That's, no...
1: Well, first of all, we don't just have the public. If you remember, we have a player-elected organization that gets to see a little bit behind the curtain Uh on issues like this.
2: That is correct. So let's go back to that, actually, um, which is that one of the complaints that I levied, or one of the things I levied, was that during the course of the war, we also had a CSM election. And I think that thanks to the heightened political kind of stature that we had during the war um that had a huge influence on what uh on how that experience played out um and and one of the things was you know there were a few people that were elected that were kind of a surprise there were a few people that were elected that were considered to be kind of a joke um and and almost even a a joke at best and sabotage at worst right um you know there's this Really interesting narrative about how broken the CSM was and then the election happened and the new people got elected and everybody's like Oh PL has taken over blah 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 and then silence Almost complete silence about the CSM and and so that's Of course troublesome because the threat was that CCP might be just shuttering the CSM altogether. So if that's true, well, then what would that look like? Well, maybe you just wouldn't hear anything about them. Maybe that's what's going on and that's and and so I presented that as like, well, you know, we haven't heard very much from the CSM, we don't know what's going on with all of this stuff going on, we do know that it was in jeopardy as of the CSM 10, and now we just haven't heard anything. And thankfully, uh, I have been <laughs> vocally <laughs> corrected by numerous people, uh, most of the CSM, apparently the best way to get contacted by your CSM people is to write a public article about how they're not doing anything, but... Um, it turns out that Jintan, you have, or, sorry, I mispronounced that, but Jin, you have, um, uh, been keeping up your own minutes this whole time, uh, and I'm, I'm totally a jerk for not finding it in myself before saying that you guys haven't been doing it, uh, and I freely admit that. So why don't you talk about, kind of, what's been going on and what you've been doing? Well...
1: I don't know specifically what you want me to talk about because I could talk about quite a lot. I could talk about the interactions that we're having with devs kind of on a day-to-day level where we're discussing specific minor things with them or we're talking about kind of our philosophy behind balance or, like, little changes that we want or, well, you know, stuff well, stuff of let's... that nature which I obviously can't
2: talk about because <laughs> of NDA, sadly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to even get you close to an NDA breach because that's, like... You know, that's just a, all the
0: way bad let's not that do would that be,
2: that would be useless um so yeah let's get the csm to talk okay now breach your nda like that would be counterproductive so uh, that's what um, we call the manfred sidious approach <laughs> <laughs> shots i'm gonna let that one sink in yeah all right so uh all right i guess my first question is uh, i'm going to just be the most direct um is the csm in crisis in your opinion? Is or are, how are things going in the CSM? I believe the CSM is certainly at
1: a crossroads. There was something that we talked about in chat uh, before I went for my little pre-podcast nap um, about proactive and reactive CSM. And there's definitely a lot of debate, even internally within the people who are elected, as to what the CSM should be. Should we be a reactive kind of body that exists to... Take CCP's feedback, or take what CCP's done, and then provide under that kind of the player perspective on it, and be a you know effectively a organisation that is utilised by CCP. Or should we be being proactive? Should we be um, take talking to CCP directly and trying to force them to do things, or trying to get meetings with specific teams? and looking into the roadmap and trying to see what's coming and intercepting things and all that sort of more political nuance and that's been kind of a key part of the issues within CSM 11 in my opinion because we have a lot of people who whilst they do have their own opinions they're not they're they're waiting for the right time to express them they're waiting for okay now we can talk about this issue and whilst that is definitely good and you need a lot of people like that in the CSM because you can't have uh, you know 14 people who are trying to get things sorted out because that would end terribly and that was effectively what I think that one of the problems was with CSM 10 is that you had too many competing leaders trying to push the CSM in all sorts of different directions
2: so um, and and also just quick for clarity have you had any of your summits yet
1: uh no our summit will be in september 12th to september 15th i am in fact flying out on september 11th which i'm sure is a great omen that could not have any possible yes. negative
2: connotations it's so is that wait applied. is that the summer summit i thought there was like a summer and a winter and it, uh, so they the actually, su-
1: no 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 uh, they Normally, they were thinking about doing it in May, effectively, was the original intent. But we, uh, we and CSM10 came together and went to them with the decision that we're not going to do it in May because there is no need for us to do it in May. Fair enough. We wanted to be able to go there and talk about things like Citadels. We wanted to go there and talk about things like the Capital Rebalance. And if we'd gone in May, that would have been way, way too fresh. And it, we wouldn't have had a, any kind of reasoned perspective on it.
2: That's fair. That's fair. All so,
1: right. yeah, I, I've got to thank CSM10 for that because they did the majority of the legwork to getting us to that decision. So, CSM10 isn't a complete failure, but you know.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't think anybody suggested that it was. <laughs> no, no, I think, no, I think there that...
0: there are plenty of people who suggest that it was, yes. but well, that's,
2: okay, that's, that's fine. not but... fair,
0: and it's just they're they're doing that thing that we do. Oh, well, CSM's useless, whatever, because people <laughs> yeah, like I to make happen, that, that accusation the... all the time.
2: I think that one of the things that CSM 10 was obviously good at was communicating with the player base because we knew a lot about what was going on in their world, whether or not it was good or bad that we knew. Um, and I think that what's interesting is that, that CSM 11 reminds me way more of like CSM 7 or 8, um, which which were very effective CSMs. They just weren't very public facing to us um, until kind of later on. So at any rate, uh, I guess my other question would be, uh, do you feel like CCP is respecting you? I think that one of the biggest concerns that were levied, and, and this is not just a CSM 10 thing. Like, this has always been kind of the big challenge, the march forward of CSM, is to get CCP to fir- deeper and deeper respect for CSM. And I think that CSM 10 might have hurt that, but who knows? So would you say that CCP is respecting CSM? Do you think that they're, they're allowing you? You're saying that you're debating proactive versus reactive, but how do you feel that the atmosphere from CCP is
1: i definitely feel like um it depends on the team specifically it, it obviously depends on the people who are in charge how much they want to involve the CSM um but i'd say overall we're given quite quite a deal of respect you know i wouldn't i, I wouldn't you know i i can't really say anything bad about it it's it it is what it is like if i come out here and say Scream, you know, we're not getting enough respect, what's that going to do? What we are is we are people who are here to push CCP in what we think is the right direction. And it's simply their job to decide if that coincides with the direction they, at the end of the day, want to go. Uh, But to answer your question more directly, yeah, I feel like we're given enough
2: respect. And do you feel that that CCP Guard and um, CCP Logibro, who's the new kind of coordinators at the end of CCP 10, they changed from CCP Lilu to CCP Guard and Logibro. Bro? Um, do, do you feel that that Guard and Logibro are are embracing I mean, like those two guys are incredibly proactive, good community members. Are they? Yep. Are they? How is your experience dealing with them directly? Um, it's it's actually that. Uh, Having talked to
1: CSM10 about uh, CCP Lilo, I'd say it's a drastic improvement, as harsh as that may sound. Um, Obviously, effectively, what the Logibur and Guard have taken is they've taken the thing of, well, we'll leave you in the chamber. If you need anything, you can come to us, and that's probably the best way they could have done that, because it does incentivize us actively talking to individual devs rather than going through one line of communication. And I think that's best exemplified by the producer chats that we are able to have every month. This is something CSM10 heavily lobbied for and got introduced during the CSM, where every month we will talk directly with the producers of mo- many of the major teams involved in CCP. So that's people like 5.0, um, batters AstroSparkle, all those kind of teams. I know those names don't really mean much and they shift around a lot, but effectively that means like people who are in charge of PvE, people who are in charge of sandbox content, people who are in charge of the UI, people who are in charge of even sound and lighting and visual design. And then we go over them what they've been doing in the past, you know, couple of weeks or whatever, and we will talk about that and we'll see see if there's anything that we would like that we can build here. They ask us if we have any suggestions regarding things or any feedback regarding things that have just launched. And it's a super communicative communicative, um, little platform. I'd say it's definitely the most important meeting barring the summit that CSM has been involved in in probably a long time.
2: So I think uh, that's awesome. I'm really glad (laughs) to hear that. Um, I think that it's good me to hear that the CSM is happy with their communication um, because I don't know if I've ever heard that before <laughs> like universally it's always been incredibly antagonistic and I think that that or at least it's, it's, it is sounded to be in varying degrees of either antagonistic or apathetic I should probably say more correctly so to hear you saying that they're being uh, responsive and respectful is incredibly um. Uh, it, it it gives me hope, because really they are you are at a crossroads, right? Like, uh, you could just say, "Oh well, the, the CSM is useless and therefore will not be." Uh, who cares? Or you can be like, "Well, we've got these fifteen people who've been elected. I mean, 14. on on this sorry fourteen people, you know, on this, on the on the lowest level, that's awesome." right? That there is this whole process of a CSM. Even if you guys never did anything, just having a video game have this voting structure in it is another quirk that makes Eve cool. So it's good even on that level. But the fact that people are finally trying to figure out, okay, you know, let's, let's make use out of this. Let's, let's try to have a positive interaction. Um, that's very hope creating. So
0: I did yeah. have a I did have a question though because uh, noisy gamer brought it up. He said, "Oh, yeah, that's CSM has been super active. Let me go check the CSM page. Oh wait, the last thing to be said and updated was the election results and I know I think you mentioned it before that there's other places for people to see information about kind of what's going on, and I know you talked about them in the chat, and I don't know if you want to talk about them out loud here. other places for people to actually see what's going on at the CSM because it seems like people complaining or people that are having a hard time for whatever reason finding where that information is to be found.
1: Yeah I think some of that is partially our fault and I have publicly said that you know I apologize for that and uh, Mr. Hyde helped lay everything out but part of that is just that the people who are elected aren't people with big online presence. We aren't Jester Trex, we aren't Sugar Kyles, we don't have a blog with a lot of coverage. Like I don't put, I'm personally a very very big believer in that we should be a politically neutral entity as the CSM, we shouldn't be arguing for one person's case, and we certainly shouldn't be doing something like, I don't know, putting out the meeting, uh, you know, the weekly reviews on CZ or TMC or EVs24, but obviously people's, um, people have made it appear clear to us that they don't want to have to seek out this information, they want it pre- project, uh, presented directly to them, so we're going to work on that. Like, um, I already did an attendance sheet with weekly updates, um, where I kind of go over what we talked about in that week. I know it's very hard to follow, and I know it's not the ideal way of doing things, perhaps, but I'm not a talented blogger. I'm not a very emotive writer. Yeah, it's something that I struggle with. So what I, I'm, I'm doing what I can. The problem is that we just don't have this... Uh, what's that? Can, I, can I just backtrack a second? Of course! I know a lot of people talk to us and saying, well, you were on all these podcasts before, you were talking everywhere. Yeah, that's because people came to us and were like, you need to be on the show, you need to come talk to us about the CSM, you need to tell us about your plans. And that's awesome, that's what we need. We are very, very busy. I re- we recently just compiled a document of feedback for Team Astrosparkle regarding the Shadow of the Serpent. We had like a, a, an infinite amount of articles, a ton of good posts, our own thoughts kind of laying out everything, and we made sure to preface that with the fact that we think the feature is a great idea. It's a massive step in the right direction, and we really enjoyed it, just saying what we could do to make it better in the future. And that's the kind of thing that the CSM is working towards here. We, we, don't have, we can't realistically do that and find, find out every podcast and try and schedule dates for that. I'm imploring you guys, if you want a CSM on your podcast, on your show, you want us to write a little thing for you, just ask us. We are here to help you. We are, a member, we are members of the community, but we are not directly community-facing until people make us that. If you want to hear from the CSM, ask the CSM what they're doing and they will tell you.
0: Is, uh, so, so in the spirit of asking, is there a place we can look or is it more just word of mouth right now kind of you guys talking uh, in places or is there places where things are already written where people can actually see kind of what you guys are thinking and saying and doing
1: I don't think there's anything any one place where we do that the thing is the communication of the system is very very distributed unfortunately Um, the only person with like a direct community outlet would be Bob Mornan he's been on holiday for the past month Uh, he's been teaching kids about something I don't know
0: well that's exciting
1: yeah, um, like I said, there's the meeting attendance sheet with LinkedIn Minutes. I will put that in the chat now, actually, You might get banned it.
0: for it, but I will undo it.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, j- 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 let me just find it. It's in the, j- it's in the j- Jitter par- uh, Park Speaker's Corner.
0: Can you throw it in uh, TeamSpeak so I can link it out? Link uh, yes, it to- in TeamSpeak. If you link it in Skype, all the videos will get screwed up, and I have to fix it. Ugh.
2: That so I guess my, my question, my, my NDA skirting question is, <laughs> you know, you, you've Danger obviously zone. had access to seeing some things, probably not as much as after the Summer Summit, but with all of your interactions, with all of your briefings and everything, on a scale of negative 10 to 10, where like negative 10 would be grave concerns for the future of, of the game and CCP is totally off kilter, to positive 10 being like, guys, just hang tight, like, wait two weeks, and you will see the craziest thing you've ever seen. Like, where do you feel your your feelings about the game is right now on that spectrum? All right, so I'm going to profess this with the fact that I'm a cynical and generally
1: pessimistic asshole.
2: Well, I mean, I always,
1: I you're always British. And...
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a way to sum it up.
1: And the fact that I'm in a dressing gown and on a podcast at 2 a.m., Uh, because I've got nothing better to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) But no, um, I would say it's at about a zero. I currently feel that um, Eve's treading water, almost. Um, And I know that's not a hugely popular opinion, but I don't feel that Eve is dying. I don't feel that it is growing, either. I feel that it is just, it's staying the path, and I think it can do better than that. Um, do, do you, do you, you think that
0: that's the community's what? fault or CCP's fault? Or a little bit of both?
1: A little bit of both, definitely.
2: Well, not just fault, but like, do you feel that, that, that the atmosphere or, or the CCP that you see is capable of, of pulling it back, is capable of navigating these troubling times? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <I> bl- <laughs> you, you, you're killing me here, man. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> right, moving on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I will answer that question. Just give me a second to think. Um, I definitely think that CCP has it within their ability to undo the damage that has been done by the community that has rendered the game somewhat stagnant right now. I think that there are a lot of problems that are caused by existing mechanics that were designed and implemented by ccp and i'm not just talking about things like phobie and salt and things like that. i'm talking about like general balancing decisions like the balancing trends towards greater and greater ehp which um i know a nominate specifically has brought up as a huge concern which led to a very interesting um little uh, anecdotal thing where me and him were discussing uh, balance philosophy going back to when he thought the game was best balanced, which was in 2005 during the era of long-range battleships uh, being the primary doctrine for most of EVE Online. And uh, he asked me if I remembered that and if I thought it was better than it is now, and I had to remind him that I was nine at the time (laughs) then,
0: Therefore did not know. Yeah, I did not play then either, so I don't know. But I think, we talked about this last week though, Ash, where people always in EVE have a nostalgia for the things that came before like people look at what's going on now and they go oh but it was so much better back in the day wars big wars were so much better back when it was um i don't even know what the hell is their name bob or whatever yeah yeah. those were those were the best great wars and you know everyone always talks about it was it was better
1: to be fair those wars were very very different the way it is now in the same way that doctrines are very different and FCing is very different, and even Nosek leadership is very different. You're no longer about cutting a very, very specific character. It's about how you can leverage your current position, and that's so, that's probably been one of the biggest changes in Eve long term the fact that people, like the only existing, I, I guess, character that is in charge of an alliance right now is the Mitani. And that's yeah. why he's experiencing some of the issues, I think.
0: But, uh, I will but agree with you the there. Um, so I have a question that kind of going back to the article um, and talking about that a little bit um, for you, Jin, is that is there any kind of part of the article that stuck out to you where you think that Ash kind of has a point or or that you think it needs to be expanded on or do you think most of it's just oh no, he was dying crying for every oh, no, freak no, no. out. He
1: certainly, he certainly had some great points in that. Like him talking about the CSM spur the Reddit thread that kind of got us to talk more like i said there's a reason i'm on this podcast although i was talking to matter before this all happened because i I actually really like this podcast i'm happy to be on it i enjoy serving on podcasts it's very entertaining to, to listen to people's opinions and kind of talk about things
0: well um, i just want to hear some i just want to hear some positive stuff so not, not a lot of ash your article was bad Let's hear good stuff about Ash's article.
2: <laughs> well, to be fair, again, it's one of those, it was an article that was specifically written almost with the hopes of being proven wrong, right? Because it was, right. it was a, a, a moment of pessimism or kind of fear and despair, as it were, as I see, you know, like, the you know, the, the, the behaviors... of the eternal optimist. Yes, the behaviors of war should not be the same behaviors as the behaviors of peace, and, and Eve does require both um especially as we're entering into the second half of this year which is supposed to have a more industry focus and one of the great things is is that actually right now on our eve um there is like one of the top posts is basically saying that we need a revamp of pve content and i was so blown away because i opened it up like waiting for people to be like oh eve is just or pve is just is per hour why are you doing that anyway it's just you know it's just PvP the game is for PvP which are the arguments that I've seen time and time and time again in the last year But when I opened it up everybody was like yeah Yeah, no, this is this is really hurting the game and you know, we need to do this stuff and so seeing people see Like say that and seeing this energy that's that where people realize that PvP answers are not the only answers that Eve needs now like PvP solutions will only go so far Um, That ultimately, the game itself has to be interesting, even when there is nobody else to fight.
0: Well, right. Um, Wars are great. Wars are fine. They're fun. They create content. But what do you do in the in-between? Most people quit. But, and and, you know, I was one of those people. people. I I will say a lot of people. I will say a lot. Sorry. I will amend my because when I think of a, when I think when I say most people I think of all the people that I knew that quit and that was most of the people at EVE. I know I always have to rein myself in when I make that claim because I know it's not quite true. So I apologize for that. But you know when I think of a lot of people they go oh war and PvP are the only thing. But I know that when the war fountain war ended for us we pulled back and did something that I was like, I don't really know if that's interesting to me, but there aren't really many alternatives, and I don't know what to do because they're not all that fun. So I know that if PvE were a little different, if there were something else to do, something more interesting to pull me in, I might not have quit, and I might actually still be playing.
2: Right. And Yeah. And, and the... I, I... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, man, you're the important one. Go. Yeah. I'm definitely
1: not important. I'm just a figure. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is that you have to remember, first of all, when you talk about PvE, that 70% of the game, full stop, is in high sec. That's a huge number, and SeasonBee really has to take that into account when they talk about anything regarding PvE. Uh, but, I, yeah, I really do get what you're talking about. I really do think that, as I said in that Reddit thread, I believe that the PvE needs a complete and utter revamp um, in the next two years, or bad things are going to happen to the game, because there will not be... A solid foundation from the rest of the game to build upon. Um, As I've talked, I don't know if I've ever actually publicly talked about this, but um, I don't see Eve as a progression system. It is not you go to high sec, you wait there for a couple of years, you go to low sec, you do some things a couple of years, and you go to null sec or wormholes. It's definitely not that way because people enjoy different things about the game. Some people enjoy the empire building of null sec or the smaller, more you know, almost exploration, frontiership, gameplay, and the challenges that come with wormhole. Some people like the feeling of being a big bad pirate man in Losec. or some people like the idea of fighting for an existing empire and role-playing in faction warfare sec. and some people just like going for an hour a week in ratting, or uh, sorry, or missioning in some uh, Kaldari system, and that's perfectly fine. And you need to have a spot in all of the game for that to work because eve is so so intricately connected that if any one part of it is broken it affects the rest of the game very meaningfully because if people aren't enjoying nosec then the people in high sec and the people in low sec don't have anyone to threaten them effectively they're not being competed with they're not getting that kind of eve is other people eve is not you know, a static game. It's not a static PvE experience. It's your interaction with other people, be it direct or indirect.
2: Having HiSec be interesting does not take away from NullSec. What that does is it means that more people that come to HiSec enjoy it, and then they enjoy the game more, and so they're part of it for longer, and then Maybe they'll go on to go do something in NullSec. Maybe they'll go on to do something in LowSec. I actually started almost immediately in NullSec, which was, which was terrible for me. Was, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it was, it was the worst experience ever. Um, and, and I spent some time in HighSec, but I really spent a lot of th- you know I've spent most of my time in LowSec. And so there's part of me that thinks that maybe one of the next things I want to do is just move to HighSec and start a mission running corp. Just because, you know, it's the idea of empire building, you know, square one. Like, how do I find, you know, like in in Aderon, we have a pretty good system. But now the question is, how do we find the correct people to expand our group? Because we're focusing more or less on, like, can we get just raw numbers and more like, hey, we have a club, right? We like each other in this club. We all kind of know each other now. It's more than just who fleets with who. So... How do we find the people that we want in our club so that we can expand to being the correct size to be able to meet our goals? And one of the ideas that's been kicking around is why don't we create a high-sec mission running corp and just help out new players and or, you know, even a mining industrial corp to buy back ore so that way we can find cool people and enable new new players and, and maybe bring them in deeper into the game as we can, you know? Uh, it's it's something that i haven't done in the game and it might be something i'm interested in doing but um the point is is that eve is about mattering right eve is about trying to make your actions matter and there's a lot to pve that could matter but the problem is is that like they're they're kind of in my opinion being too loose about it too light about it like you know all of the all of the holiday content is appearing all throughout space. There's less and less focus on standings, which standings are literally your your record with people, right? Um, you know, like there there are very easy ways to make PVE dynamic and interesting and more than just ISK per hour, um, but only if we can believe that that's possible.
0: <laughs> well, it's <laughs> yeah. it's hard to go from from being a null and being like I shoot this other entity and that matters because i'm effectively fighting something for a reason i'm killing the other people because they made us angrier made somebody angry did this thing to one of my court mates and it pissed me off so i should therefore we should start a war and we should fight them when i go back to like low sec and high sec or i go ratting or mission running or whatever else and make money it's like i'm doing this thing because i have to not because so, it's interesting, not because I find it super dynamic, but because I need to have ships. So I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, Ash, is that I agree with you. It'd be more, I, I might be more enticed to do it and do it longer instead of just burning out on null sec and quitting for a while. Of going to do something different because it's interesting and it makes a difference or it matters.
2: Right, so I, I yeah. have a concept
0: so, that I like. Oh, sorry. Go, Go, Jin.
1: Uh, yeah, I was just going to take that in a circle because I wanted to come back and comment on all that. I first of all, I'm very sorry sure if I gave the impression that I thought that NOSEC was more important than high sec or something like that. No. That, that definitely wasn't what I was No, I think to. we were all agreeing with yeah. that point in our own
2: way. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, oh my god, I just had to... Yeah, go ahead. Complete <laughs> brain failure. Oh, it's alright. So one of the things I've been talking about since October is, is a concept that I refer to as emergent um, encounters. So the way... I mean... And, I, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily what they should do or have to do, but it's an idea of like where we can take the very components that we already have and make it something else. So like, let's say we provided some other way of working with pirate factions. So let's say as a Blood Raider, you can bring them corpses of players in order to get rewards. Maybe not all the time. Maybe you have to bring different people, like unique corpse, corpses. That'd be pretty cool. You know, whatever. So that's how you become friends with the Blood Raiders. So you've turned in 100 corpses to the Blood Raiders and now they, they really, really like you. You're plus 8 because you bring them all the best corpses. Well, you're traveling around in Blood Raider space and meanwhile, four jumps away, there's somebody who's just ratting there, who lives there in, in that space and they're ratting there in their paladin. And they're negative 8. Well, um, with the new AI that they're building, if they do encounter level AI, well, then you have like a boss to the event. So that person, instead of a stagnant, you know, uh, just Anom, there is a boss running the thing that's kind of testing the person. They see that this guy that's fighting him is is a public enemy number one, negative 10 to blood raiders because these people have been ratting there forever. And so uh, the AI is throwing everything it got and sends out a distress signal. Well, if you're positive eight to blood raiders, several jumps within a certain jump radius, you'll get a notification, blood raider site under attack this is, the sig- uh, this is the signature, attack by a paladin. And then that's all the information that you get. And now, all of a sudden, you have given purpose to being, to doing what you're doing with the pirates. You've given the pirates a feel, a theme, and a vibe. Like, Blood Raiders are now different than the rest of the pl- uh, pirates in some way. And you're enabling PvP and PvE to kind of flow, independent, or, uh, flow together uh, without as much barrier. I think you're going to see some of that come through with what CCP
1: Ghost has been talking about regarding the new player experience. He's trying to craft something that's a little more um, story kind of driven. I think that's a good step in that kind of direction. Personally, I really do agree with that. I've never heard you lay that out before. Um, But emergent or organic gameplay is something that I love. I, I love group gameplay as well. Um, the only time I've ever really had fun PVEing is when I had to run some incursions. That was actually really interesting. I quite enjoyed doing that in LSEC, but um, I wouldn't do it in high sec because I'm terrible and you know, don't worry about my SEX status, but um, the thing I've always had going in the back of my mind is that I wanted to effectively abolish every static PvE in the game. I wanted all PvE to be organic, and I thought the Drifters were going to be a step in that direction. That's why I was so incredibly excited for them, because they have their own intellect. They actually can decide to run away. They can decide to go and get more people and then come and kill you again. They can see if you have certain modules equipped to your ship and react to that. And whilst that's very rudimentary right now, I'd really love to see that iterated upon. I want PvE in EVE to be difficult, because... The best part of EVE is the fact that it is so difficult. And most people might say, oh, but any, any AI can be exploited. Sure, but we're not talking about the very, very high-end PvE here. What I'm talking about is the low-end. If someone is just playing the game casually in high-sec, or if they're just, you know, they're messing about in NOSEC and they just want to do, like, an hour or two of ratting, what we should be doing is we should be making that in itself an engaging experience, that shows off some of the great parts of E, and I uh, think Nistrix's uh, camera has frozen.
0: Oh, good! So my whole but, thing um, is... Um, I am uh, frozen. Oh, sorry. I'm frozen. Well, I, I was
2: just going to say that um, I, I, I agree with you completely, although I'm going to correct you. I don't necessarily say that PvE has to be harder, because um, in a lot of ways, you want some of the PvE to not be quote-unquote hard, but you do want it to be engaging and complex, right? You want it to be yeah. you want it to be deep, and you want it to be uh, educational. Like, one of the problems that I have with current uh, PvE is that it doesn't necessarily follow the right rules. It doesn't teach you anything about the game. You can't Newt or Nos, you know, like Newt and Nos functions differently. Heck, today uh, I was in a mission, and I was just trying to target Painter a dude, and it's like, this guy has a thing on it that makes it so you can't target painter It, and I'm thinking to myself, what? Okay, but what, what is it, do and do 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 it and why? How do I fix it? And I'm like, oh wait, maybe he's a golem because he looked kind of like a raven. And I was like, oh, oh, that'd be cool because it would teach you about ECM immunity, you know, or whatever. Not that that's a thing anymore, but it was at least at one point. So you know, and I think they kind of went back on it. But on I would it. never so I be able to figure that out. Wasn't a golem, and I was really sad. I would never. You know, ECM
1: and immunity is a thing now, by the way.
2: they've given right, that yeah, back. Right? Yeah, so they gave it back. Everything, but yeah but my my point is is that like i i feel like there's a lot of things in pve that that are kind of left on the wayside and so not as i said not a lot of changes you could even in theory fix the missions that you currently have and just start regularly adding new ones so that that way it's not just a completely solved problem and you're you're at least taking a huge step in the right direction now there there are definitely larger and crazier steps that you can take but At this point, anything would be probably pretty good.
1: Yeah, at the end of the
2: day, we're not game designers, and
1: that's something we have to understand. Also, on the ECM immunity, you can thank the CSM for that. Specifically, Noob Man and Mister Hyde. Did you guys say? What's going on with the uh,
2: the? uh... Do you know anything about the ECM burst issue? By the way, just as a as an aside.
1: Um, If you check the Reddit thread, you would know that I actually was the guy who pushed for them to declare that as an exploit. And get it posted and get it made. You will be banned if you abuse this. Yay! Because, yeah, um, that was a pretty serious concern. And the second it hit public, we knew that that had to be sorted. Because the CSM, or at least myself, I, we did know about it and we had told the CCP about it before.
2: And that's one thing that a lot of people need to understand. Like, there's a, this weird narrative right now that, like, PL uses all that. I, I don't really want to get into all of that because I don't know enough about it to, to get into it. But the idea that, You know, like exploits, sometimes CCP or sometimes a company will know that something exists and, you know, they don't publish it because it's not, they don't want everybody to worry about it or, you know, they don't want everybody to deal with it, but they're watching it very closely. So, you know, just because something isn't talked about until it blows up doesn't mean that it's not being tracked. And I think that even happened too. Like, uh, CCP Falcon came out and was talking about it and was like, look, man, we didn't we didn't respond within 24 hours to your ticket because, uh, you know, we didn't want, we don't like to have, like, one response here and there. And then everybody's like, oh, well, this GM told me this, one G- this GM tells me that. Like, give them time to fr- properly digest what's going on, and then they will give their, you know, result.
0: Testing, testing, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry, Ash, that
2: was a bit of an aside, I know. Can we just make sure that
1: Astrorothi, uh, sorry, Nistrick, is still in the call? Can you say something?
0: This is great, guys. Well, Shit's broken. Uh, I'll just let them uh, talk. We can no longer hear Nistric, so
2: that's gonna be it. So, Yeah, but we're still on. Hold on.
0: You guys are good. They're right, good. Right. I can, I can
2: still hear me on the show. So.
0: No, 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 no. Like Nistrick
1: cannot talk to us.
0: It's fine. It's fine. I'll okay. let them
1: uh, talk. Keep going, I guess. Fuck it. Um, no, I, 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 I love, I love that idea. I, I think PVE should be like I, I take back what I said about making it harder. I just want it to be more organic. I want it to be like, oh, you know, you, if you warp into a site with two cruisers in a battleship, they run away and they get their friend in a battleship to come to you, and you have like a, you know, like, ca- like how, like how capital escalation was in wormholes. That was. Like, a, a that was so close to what I love, of what I would love PvE and EVE to be like, but it was kind of a bit too abusable, unfortunately, so they decided rather than nerf it, they'd almost completely remove it. Um But, you know, there there are, like, great things that could be done with PvE, and I look forward to seeing where CTP goes for it, because I really do think that they are going to head in that direction. And kind of heading in that direction in the direction of a second crucible is something that i've really been trying to push i think that eve needs another crucible right now it needs a lot of it needs ccp to take some time and look at what they've done and really seriously iterate on it because iteration is something that ccp has been very very good at promising and they're not quite delivering on
2: sadly it's true. Um one of the things that I was thinking about the other day is that um there's a lot of little things in the game that are wrong or require just a little bit of cleanup and as a developer I would like to think that a lot of these problems should be very easy to fix. Um for ex and some of these are silly like infantry in channel. Why do we still Okay yeah where were we when we got cut off <laughs> well okay maybe the maybe the the listeners will let us know where we were at in the whole discussion, but I know we were kind of talking about p v e and what was what was possible um but I kind of wanted to ask, going to the summer summit again going uh you know obviously n d a can't talk to you about um kind of what c c p is showing you or what, what anything that preparation is, but what about you? what is your uh you know, Obviously, you had a platform or you got elected from a position. What do you hope, if there's anything that you can get done during CSM or during the, during the summit, what are you hoping to achieve? There's a lot of things. There's
1: a lot of things I want done. Um, and the thing is, there's going to be a difference between what I talked about on my platform and what I end up thinking is the most necessary thing to push at the summit, sadly. Um, Obviously, there are things that I want to do specifically. I want to do a lot of little things. I want to do things like increase the amount of standing slots that are available. I want to create a better UI for logistics and mix in with that better feedback for logistics. I want to make um, E-War more easily recognizable and understandable to players who are using it because obviously that's a role we put a lot of new players in and it's not entirely understandable from their perspective what effect they're having and I'd really like it if we could put that into the game to a greater degree. Um, but on top of that, what I'm really going there with is that kind of idea that iteration is key. I- iteration needs to happen in the game, and I really think that it's something that I'm I'm going to be there to talk about. And it's kind of the what, what I hope is the overarching theme of the summit is the fact that CCP have been doing an amazing job with a lot of these features, but they're not quite finished yet. You need to do some things to, to get them to a point where you have a solid foundation to build new features from. And that's something CCP has historically not n- not achieved with any regularity. And it's yes, something they've been, I hope
2: they've been, CSM can push towards. They've been historically poor on the upkeep por- portion of things. Well, uh, um,
0: like when I think of all the stuff that was supposed to come out, you know, like right now they're doing it really, really slowly. And we're still looking at a half finished system that is supposed to be mostly done by now, but some of it still feels like, okay, but it still doesn't feel quite finished yet.
2: Well, I'm, I'm actually less concerned about stuff like that because that's like development.
0: I know that they're working out, on it still. Like, and things, yeah, I get
2: but that. I think that the bigger problem would be things like, uh, the and and you know whatever somebody else will give me crap about it, but you know the the secret code right, the secret code was completely abandoned you know the the a i has been delayed indefinitely we were we were told that the hope was a four way faction war by the end of the year, uh and that was last year, so um you know. It, there there are a lot of things that we haven't actually heard that much about. There are a lot of things that we know have become abandoned. And historically, prior to CCP Seagull, that was probably the number one biggest problem with CCP was that it was just uh, – it was beyond a joke about how badly CCP maintained previous systems, right? Like Faction Warfare would get a revamp and then we get nothing for three, four years, you know? And and they've, they've gone – they've gotten a lot better about it. But, but you're absolutely correct. There, there, there is a lot in the game that would require what I hope to be... And this is actually what we were talking about before the comments Sorry. Went down. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That, it was good, because it led us right back into it. Um, there's a lot of things in the game that uh, could easily be fixed, or at least should easily be fixed, um, should be easy to fix, that I think would overall improve the quality of the game... Um, like for instance, on every chat channel, there is a, uh, infantry in channel, right? Well, the, that, that seems really simple, but in a world in which somebody is trying to learn everything, this symbol, this thing exists in the UI and therefore it must be important. And so I look into what that is. Oh, that's dust. That's not even a thing anymore. So now I'm instantly in the UI in every single chat channel pointing uh my player towards something that sucks about the game which is that our connection to dust 514 doesn't exist anymore so they should make sure to go through there and and clean up that stuff to make sure that it doesn't continue to be there there's a lot of other things within the ui uh little examples of things that need to be cleaned up uh one of the great things actually a positive side of of things is uh the region descriptions we actually just got reports for those of you for the ten people or for the sorry the two people that care that are listening uh, <laughs> we 're getting all uh, all of the region descriptions back. Uh, it used to be that when you looked at a region, every region has a description which tells you about the thing, and you know there is this focus within the lore community to kind of let the lore be accessible because that 's another way that the universe draws you in it is. If if the lore was digestible and not hidden and convoluted and terrible and and locked behind, uh, not uh, not that the lore is terrible, but the the tools that we have. to No, the learn lore about is the lore. interesting. No, the lore the lore is in is Eve is absolutely fascinating, and
1: I,
0: but I, getting I know, at I just, it is like pulling teeth. Obviously, as a member,
1: obviously as a member of CVA, I'm a filthy right. role player. And I <laughs> quite enjoy that kind of aspect of the game. It's something that I'm a very Big fan of and it's something I actually, I actually have talked to CZV specifically about because whilst the CSM doesn't have any impact on the law and we do not get given any advance notice of okay. any kind of law events that are going to happen unfortunately uh, Rep, I do not have the <laughs> ability to be an
2: oracle whilst I'm. Jin in the was CSM. like, I
0: would plan so many things. <laughs> it's it's I, I funny because bed. when
2: I was when I was running for the CSM, people were like, "But you can't do that because you're the lore guy. Then you'll know everything." And everybody's like, "No, they don't. Like, why would the CSM know about what's coming up in the lore? That doesn't even make sense." But yeah, I've actually i've, I've tried to push to make. I know this
1: is going to sound like a really minor thing, but myself and Nuria have been pushing to kind of make the CSM more both more canonized in the lore and also more visible in game because well, up until be now cool. we have this the CSM exists as an entity in the game it, it's, it's a known thing, right. it exists, we have a role but there's no place in the game where, do, where if you want to go and like say oh there's a summit going on, without using the site how would you know about that and I came up with the idea of maybe having a beacon or something in Uli, which is where these meetings would take place just so that people would know that, hey, there's a summit going on, people are talking about the game. People are kind of, you it's know, like, people are fighting my corner with CCP. That's an interesting part of the game, and it's something that if you spent your entire time in HiSec doing missions and not reading forums, you wouldn't know about.
0: Well, I liked when they did the scope videos, because I'd be like, you know, it was like, ooh, Those this is awesome. cool. What's happening now? All stuff is happening with stuff. Like, they could do a scope video on CSM. Like I'd love that. Like, oh, that'd be so not- fucking cool.
2: But not just that, but uh, I actually, I just made a video today and um, uh, usually what happens is I get super stoned and then like do something <laughs> and then like just go off on a rant and then mm-hmm. I wait till I sober up and I watch it. And if it's not completely garbage, then I will, you know, do something with it. Disclaimer, so drugs to... are
0: bad. Don't do drugs. Okay. Thanks, kids. Go on. I,
2: I have PTSD. Like it's.
0: It's fine. Anyway. Go on yeah so
2: uh, <laughs> I live where it 's legal any anyway, rate uh, so it, my, my friend my <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh any rate, uh one of the things that I was very impressed by and realized is incredibly important there's an Im- an incredibly important feature that 's been added over the last several months. And unfortunately, it's been mostly either ignored or potentially even reviled by the population. And it's one of those things that I really think that CCP needs to get behind and the players get behind. Um, And it really ties into the whole thing about iteration that you were just talking about, because it's super important for it to be supported in order for it to do well, which is the in-game Jumbotron, right? So uh, we can Mm -hmm. now make a video, and show it to people. Which means player content is being projected to everyone in the game. And I don't think people have fully figured out how big of a deal that is. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the, 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 the people that I think get it are the big institutions, right? So, like, the PL one uh, does a really good job of advertising it. The Imperium one does a really good job of advertising what they're doing. Uh, one of the things that I would like to see, for instance, though, is uh, Red Frog. I think Red Frog was a huge miss. It's literally just their logo. They and, and their website. It looks just like every other uh, advertisement of somebody trying to recruit new new members. Like Red Frog is a service. Their commercial should be about their service and should be a way of kind of educating people. So CSM should be CSM candidates should have their own stuff on the jumbotron. People should be you know doing you know. Th- if we can get our creativity and exploit this medium of, well, you've got, like, what, 12, like, 15 seconds, no audio, but you have people's captured attention because they're sitting in this station not doing anything, and they've just got these visuals coming up. And it wasn't mm-hmm. that interesting when it was just, you know, buy glasses or buy skill injectors. But that was never the point. This is This is player-made content being showcased to all of the players, which allowing players to figure out that there's a bigger world going on that they might want to pay attention to is like the number one historically gigantic problem in EVE. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge piece to it. I cannot wait to see Nullsec uh,
1: stations specifically gain control over what's shown in their own stations. I think that's going to be a very interesting...
0: (laughs) Propaganda everywhere!
1: I I really hope that happens because that would be so cool. well they've also said that you know
2: being able to choose to your own members that's awesome that's just so Eve. Yeah. that's yeah that's it perfect is for me. yeah it is i i want and and this goes back way back to my my first article when i was first dreaming about like what posses could be if they did modular passes. and i said that you know when you get to somebody's empire and null, you should feel like you're in an empire <laughs> right like you should get on grid and there's all these different structures and there's statues erected and you you know all this kind of stuff and and they've said that they want to do this you know they they've said propaganda systems are coming, so I mean when you think about the potential of what they're working on it is very hopeful but this idea of us being able to broadcast messages and the other good thing about this is and the thing I like about it is that unfortunately there's kind of that darker side of the eve where people feel like they should be able to just do whatever they want and that has a tendency to make some of our media kind of cater to the lowest common denominator if that makes sense um but by having this veneer of of well scope or whoever is managing these broadcasts has to okay it has to be okay on uh on capsuleer stations and therefore you know if somebody's out of game stuff or You know, as much as I love the do you love waffles commercial, it doesn't really it doesn't really work in in the browser. So forcing people to think about their or not in the browser, but in the client thinking about people uh, trying to sell their place in the universe uh, to other people via this visual media, but keeping it entirely in game is just another way of making people invested in the universe itself. And that that is crucial
0: I have this image of like this poor, like, lower high set guy who's like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to go into Nelsic for the first time. There's just like statues of like Mitanni everywhere. And he's like, oh God, what is that? It's terrifying. Somebody help me. There's like Uh, plasters of Imperium. Like, because that's like when I think of someone who would propagandize the hell out of their space. Obviously, the first people I think of is the Imperium and Goons and Mitanni. And that
1: leads you to some great (laughs) moments. Imagine if the Mitanni had anchored, I don't know a collidable structure that was like you know this is a statue of the Metalians made out of solid you know unobtainium it 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 sparkles with malevolence (laughs) to to take a quote from door's fortress my from my third favorite game and Well, well imagine if you then got to topple that statue Yeah, yeah, a cool moment. Yeah,
2: would. No, I, I just can imagine like jumping into like uh, decline now and just like seeing a statue of the Mitanni like flipping the bird and it like spray painted on his chest, false god or something.
0: You know, like (laughs) you you can vandalize (laughs) the propaganda. That would be awesome.
1: oh man oh, that's well. that's pretty fucking great i love that idea <laughs> i don't think it will, i don't think it's very likely to happen oh
0: god that, no really could you imagine like the that? profanity people would graffiti onto onto people's imagine... propaganda it's a
2: terrible idea worse than, probably... the, worse than
1: the worse than the, the swearing it's going to be the, the game of thrones spoilers that's what that's what's going to no. really get you yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I, think that, I think that vandalism probably won't be a thing, but I, I definitely think that people are going to take their enjoyment shooting down other people's propaganda.
0: Absolutely. I would love it.
2: But yeah, uh, anyway, at the
1: end of the day, we are, we are talking like a bit in the BitPi and the Skype there. I want to bring this back to the CSM and the Summit, if I can. Yes, do that. Because it's something, I, a message I wanted to give out, which is that we're doing a lot of roundtables. We're doing a lot of talking to specific communities that feel that their problems haven't been addressed or that aren't represented for this NullSec, because we know there's a really big popular opinion that the CSM this year is very, very null-focused, and at the end of the day, we it is. like We, we are people who primarily live and operate in NullSec. Uh, exceptions, though, obviously, but that means that we don't have knowledge of certain things, and that's why I'm trying to get roundtables together. If you feel that Your community isn't represented, or if you want to bring us problems, don't try and bring us solutions, please. We're not a solution orientated council. That's not what the Council of Style Measurement's ever been about. It's not about proposing solutions, it's about pointing out problems and letting CCP find the solution, uh, well, and forcing CCP effectively to find the solutions to those problems.
0: Or at least to make them think think, about it, right? I think that
2: that's a really interesting point because, you know, a lot of people who play EVE, especially the people who are very vocal, are, you know, that IT or very technically oriented or professional kind of people. And so, you know, when you live, when you work in a professional environment, you're taught to never just bring a problem, right? You You have to also come with some sort of solution to the problem. But in this case, you're just a customer. So... You're, you know you're not expected to have the solution but you should just come and say this sucks and and this this is why like really well and to articulate your your argument you know make sure that you have uh you've you you know you've you've processed your own assumptions and all that kind of stuff and give good feedback as to why you feel the way it is but uh but yeah i mean ultimately it's not our job to make the solution <laughs> yeah and uh, like one of the things I've really tried
1: to focus on in when I was pitching these kind of roundtables to people is that we're not here to find out what's wrong with a specific group. We're here to find the core consensus. We're here to find what's wrong with every group and bring that to CCP, which helps us to kind of differentiate it and make sure it's as politically neutral a message as possible
2: when i when i When I started getting into game design myself, I read a very interesting story which was about borderlands and the way that um, gearbox does their testing because they do a lot of open testing where basically if you live in that area, you can just go and test whatever it is that they 're doing that day um, and so they were testing borderlands and specifically they're testing just that kind of that first area and most players have probably most if you haven 't played borderlands it 's just kind of this first person shooter but it 's more of like an action RPG so there's like a really clever story and there's levels and progression and all that kind of stuff so there's there's these areas where the events take place and then obviously there's areas that you traverse to get between those main set pieces and the feedback that was given was that the area of traversal was too long that that there is it was too much travel time in between exciting events um, and so the, the players were asking for them to shorten that travel time somehow. And so the way, what Bo- uh, Gearbox did was, of course, they just added more enemies. Uh, and and uh, that was completely the opposite of the feedback. People wanted it to go faster. People wanted less things to fight. People thought that the things that were, they were fighting was getting in the way. But by adding more enemies, what they've done is they've turned it from a travel zone to a combat zone. Which means that people no longer process it as they're just trying to get somewhere. It's that they are doing something even as they're moving. Fighting their way there, yeah. Um, and so, often as a as a tester or as a feedback giver. You have to realize that your perception is only that, your perception. And it's up to the people who are collecting the feedback, processing the feedback, and doing the design to take all these different things and figure out kind of the truth behind that. So, you know, uh, what makes mining boring? And more importantly... If mining is boring, why are people finding it interesting? Because there are people that mine, regardless of how, many, how much we want to dismiss it, there are groups of people, there are social orders right now in-game that exist because it's a bunch of people that go out and mine together and shoot the shit all day. And so if you changed mining d- dramatically to make it an active game or to make it more interesting for you, what you're doing is destroying their gameplay. Um, and that's another really interesting thing to think about, especially as like we talk about things like, oh, well, they should totally change the way that missions work. Well, that is on the one hand true, but on the other hand, you know, it's a you lot. like to ensure set. that that content is still there for the people who enjoy it. I definitely agree with that. It's... Well, more more importantly, but you have to make sure that that the content you you are at least ensuring that the people who are in, who are doing what is doing right now will also continue to like what you. What you're doing afterwards i think that one of the problems with nullsec and the nullsec changes that happened was that they alienated the old mentality but they didn't do very much to kind of cr- bring in a new guard and so uh what i'm not sure and again this could totally be wrong maybe we're not having this problem at all which would be great but i feel <laughs> like we're not Bringing people in as fast as we need to in order to get people excited about the new system, um, but then again, there's all kinds of reasons why that is, and I think that that's what they're really working on right now, which is good.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's hard though. Like, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, when I think of other MMOs that do, people give all this feedback of, "Hey, you need to do this. Thing, you need to make it easier. You need to make it this. You need to make it that." And then they do, and they make it easier. And the people that once used to play and enjoyed the old way of doing it are like okay I think I'm done and I mean Eve has a very vocal old guard versus other games like so I I just I mean I think about it a lot and I think how do you balance what people wanted before because people look back like I said before people look back and go oh that thing about Eve that was so great Eve was only great then it's not great now how do you bring elements of that for people that are old guard and still make them interested like that's a really hard that's a really tall order in my opinion yeah, right, the, and you...
1: the, th- the thing is you've got to make a synthesis of gameplay, and the problem is you have to understand that eventually some ge- some forms of gameplay are going to die, and that's for the health of the game.
0: Yeah, right. I agree. I mean, no, like, I completely agree with you. Think about
1: the people who enjoyed, slow- enjoyed, for example, flying slow clap fleets. If you love slow clap fleets, if that's all you logged on for, they, that no longer exists. That form of gameplay is dead, and that is good because that gameplay was just absolutely <laughs> toxic for, to, absolutely toxic for the rest of the game and i think ccp i think a lot of people are going to eventually have to come to the well not a lot of people a very few very select minority of people are going to have to come to the realization that their gameplay is not good for the majority of people and that's not ideal i'm not talking about anything in particular there by the way i'm just thinking well, out loud it's just the idea like, of being
0: amenable to changes right ccp makes yeah. changes and balance changes because they want they're thinking about the health of the game and you have to be amenable to that you have to understand that some fleets yeah. aren't going to work anymore because of these nerfs and it you know it sucks that you liked that fleet like i liked ahex but i don't see that really anymore and but that's but, okay
2: at the same time i think that uh, there's there's a couple points that i would say to that first of all um, you know, the, well, the carrier, the, the, the capital changes is a really good example of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was a dramatic change and there was a huge controversy and there's a lot of people that still today feel kind of out, out in the rain, whereas there's a lot of other people that are really excited by, by the changes. So it, it's, it's a good example of that. But, um, what I think needs to happen is that there is a certain point where you need to realize that maybe it isn't that you like that game style, and maybe you do. Maybe there are some people, but I'm willing to I'm willing to speculate that there's a lot of people that would like slow cats that really like what slow cats provided, which is the ability to just crush your opponent with this kind of indefensible system and that very nature of like you can't compete with them. It's it's the idea of like going back to the newbie zone and just killing you know level tens when you're level seventy, right? <laughs> yeah. So like yeah, that's cool and all, but but if that's if that's the the thing that everybody gets to do, then it's kind of detrimental. So uh, I think that you know a lot of those gameplays, people learned slow cat. No, I don't think anybody. If slow cat was just balanced with everything else, I don't think that a lot of people would would choose to always use that option. It was the fact that it was effective that made people inherently like it, yeah. and the fact that it wasn't effective anymore cause them to lose, and they don't like to lose. Well, right. So
1: it, I'm really happy yeah. that we're coming into my wheelhouse now. We're talking about fleets. This is what I know. This I see by trade. Now, you, all that talk about PvE, not entirely sure about it. That's why we have roundtables. That's why I want people to come and talk to me and explain, you know, why, for example, I'm doing a high ganking roundtable. That's going to be really interesting, because it's mm-hmm. not something I've had a huge amount of experience with. But we're also doing NOSEC FC uh, roundtable. We're doing a NOSEC leadership roundtable, uh, we're doing a wormhole one, we're kind of trying to get in contact with as many little, uh, as many groups and building a core consensus of problems and then bringing that to CCP. as I've said before with the hopes of basically getting a lot of iteration done in a short period uh, within the CSM term, effectively mm-hmm. is our goal.
0: Make logis goal. visible. I agree I, with I chat I agree that. with I've... chat, I am a logi pilot and I want to be seen <laughs> that I is my, my suggestion specific
1: my specific suggestion to ccp on this issue because we know that having logistics on kill mails currently just isn't technically viable in Mm -hmm. the system is that they give you a pop-up when you heal someone because right now we've got that you take damage and you give damage and that's all that pops up in your combat log under damage i'd love it if we could have a pop-up that says, you repped 500 to this dude. Oh, that'd be and, so helpful, because yeah. I'm like,
0: am I doing something? Am I keeping you alive? Is it working? Yeah,
1: obviously, that's another, that's another point on iteration, actually, because they change the way logistics works so that it has, has full off But that means that the amount of, lo- amount of rep that Logi do is no longer a static thing, and there is no way to tell how that works within is there, the client Is itself. there
0: no way to find the optimal? Really? No, no there
1: is,
2: but how okay. do you do the maths you of don't diminishing returns
1: over full off because it's not a straight curve gotcha okay i'm bad at
0: math so go on (laughs) basically it
1: goes like optimal fall off and it goes like that so you've got like oh i see okay a um, a smooth curve so obviously it's it's you can't just say oh well it falls along this it's gonna be roughly that it is a very difficult thing for someone to do in their head and that's why i want there to be more visual feedback because if you see a number pop up that's good people like big numbers they do we saw that with wow people like numbers they're easy to understand (laughs) they're a lot more easy to understand than trying to do um freaking you know trying to work out how much one percent of one percent of someone's shields are and how much of that you're doing
0: I will say, it was always really satisfying to see people's, you know, seeing people's bars get low as a healer and WoW, and then see them pop back up, or see how much I'm healing, that was always really satisfying, like, okay, I saved people, I was helping, that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's that, at the end of the day, that's what i are trying, that's what I want to do. But, uh, you know, that's something that I've talked to Psycho, uh, sorry, the UI team about, and they actually really liked the suggestion, Uh, but they don't know if it's technically feasible. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the, <laughs> that's a lot of the things that are stopping these little things, is that It's hard to know until you look at it if it's even possible. Gotcha. Because Eve has a very, very old code base.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You were going to say something, Ash, and I kind of cut you off there. Sorry about that.
2: I I was... uh, I'm not 100% sure. I was just trying to say that, yeah, the problem is... And this is true in a lot lot of ways. There's very little mechanisms within the game right now to let you know what your ship's current capabilities are. You can look at stats, which tell you kind of the default... Of things but you know it's very difficult for you to get feedback about how things are going in the moment um, this was a big concern of mine with like tracking disruption when it came to the and although they're working on these kinds of things because they've got they they had the weapons uh, like the weapons effective tracking was going to be added and then it kind of wasn't if that if I remember correctly when they did the, the new tactical map they were going to have tracking On your weapons but i think that they didn't make that that didn't make it into the into the release i don't know what's happening with that but it'd be nice if if we had more uh there's this idea of depth versus complexity um and and depth means more choices more things to do complexity means more things that the user has to have in their mind in order to make simple decisions and so I think that there's a lot of things in Eve, in particular with the UI, that makes Eve more complex than it needs to be, um, the UI without in necessarily general? making yeah exactly without necessarily making it uh, you know more shallow. I think that when people say oh you're making you're dumbing down Eve you're making de- Eve less complex, what they're really concerned about is making Eve less deep.
0: Well, it's funny yeah. because the first thing that I remember upon getting into Nullsec second joining. An alliance and actually doing stuff with them is they were like, okay, so your your UI, the thing that pops up on the on the uh, top right that tells you where everything is and how far it is and all that stuff, that's useless. Download this one, and use this one instead. So like that's something that always makes like you go into the game and it's like, okay, here's how you tell where things are and what they're doing. It's not really that great, so here we have this m- modified one that you should use instead. And I feel like that adds a, a, a an element of okay, well, if everyone else is telling me to use something different, what about what is there is not working? Why isn't it working? Why isn't it being changed? And I know that it got it. Ch- I know it got second. changed a bit, but I'm not sure. Anyways, Glenn. A, actually, I'm is gonna
1: Sorry? No, no, go, go ahead. Go, go. Just saying, I just want to say that the OV is pretty great, actually. I, I quite like it. But then again, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm someone who's used it for eight years, so I'm kind of used to it.
2: So here's an interesting thing about design and behavior and human social engineering, which is what a lot of these kinds of games are all about. So um, what's interesting is that if you leave it slightly terrible, Then, but but give players the ability to teach each other the the correct way to do it, which is a good example of the overview, right? Um, What ends up happening is that you're basically just creating a notion for somebody to to take on a mentor role, which is a which is this kind of the beginnings of the social glue that makes Eid work, right? So the idea of like, oh no no no, your overview is terrible, use this one, you know, as long as the overview the terribleness of the overview is only kind of relative as long as, you know, you can actually make an overview that's very basic. A mm-hmm. good example is like in Hearthstone, right? In Hearthstone, you're just given a deck and it's a crap deck, but at <laughs> least it's a deck. You yeah. don't have to worry about, about, uh, trying to learn what every single card is. You can just jump straight into it. So in the same way, the overview needs to give you exactly what you need to do to have in order to be a good new player right? And so then, when you find uh, another player to mentor you, they can go, hey, by the way, here's the secrets to unlock it, and now you've, you've, you've initiated a, a social uh, order which has started to become trust and leadership and, and all these kinds of things. And it seems very, very petty and it seems very, very simple, but it is part of that indoctrination process, right? You got to think about it. If you join a NullSec alliance, there's the idea of you got to move your stuff you got to be introduced to the logistics sure. you got to be introduced you got to be brought into jabber you got to be added into the stuff there and and not only does that help create the uh, make the alliance run but it really does drill into the head of a person that they're getting into something that's bigger than them right Sh- sure. the idea that there is an orientation and there <laughs> is necessarily an orientation really drives home that fact that you are becoming part of a group of people. And so I think that there is still a value with leaving things for the players to kind of show each other. But at the same time, it needs to be functional enough that somebody isn't turned away without that kind of insider knowledge.
0: Right, but my, and here's, that goes back to my problem of, sure, that's great, and I agree to an extent, but like, I remember coming in as a new bro going, what the fuck is going on on my screen right now? What? I don't I just know it's no yes and I walked yeah. away I walked away
1: I don't exactly. think that I think that you guys are approaching this from the wrong perspective I think you guys are approaching this from the overview being bad when, rea- when in reality it's explaining the overview is bad and that's I'll agree with you there. I really really hope is covered in the new new player experience which is being worked on because I'm not a fan of opportunities I think that they are basically inferior to the old career agents, but that's because I, I'm nostalgic as fuck. I don't actually know, <laughs> I'm not a new bro, I can't tell you guys that. But I really, really do think that they are, are working towards making a tutorial that is in-depth. I haven't seen much of it, but they are um, going to be talking uh, to us about it at the upcoming summit. So that's going to be really, really interesting, and we will get to give input on things that we think... New bros absolutely must learn to be able to play the game. Um, I don't know how much I can talk about what we've done in preparation for that unfortunately, but um, we have been doing some specific preparation. I know Zenuria has been very interested in it. He's actually been reading a lot of psychological books specifically, and that forwarding like um, specific chapters about Did he game have his brain scanned? Uh, no, he has not had his brain scanned yet. Let's see if he's
2: got the, the vessels, whatever, CC Ghosts, <laughs> the thing. No, I, and... Oh, I do, too. I love him. Um, I want to hear more from him. But uh, I think that uh, all of that is extremely important. Like, how we bring people in, how we explain stuff is is pretty much the key that we need to solve uh, to before we move over. But I, I will... I will Again, I'm the one that's having to... Vo- I feel kind of good, because people are talking about PvE like it makes sense, so I get to voice all <laughs> the things that I've quietly held true, uh, but... I don't actually not like the opportunities system. I just think that it's being used for the wrong thing. Like, achievements have value, and and there are ways to use achievements, but you don't necessarily want all of your achievements to be, you know, front-loaded at the very beginning. That isn't how you run a tutorial. Achievements help move you through a tutorial, but there also needs to be more stuff for other people later on, right? So there needs to be a tutorial, There needs to be achievements to reward throughout the process of the tutorial. And then you can use that for other stuff too, right? So, again, this goes back to that whole notion of make EVE matter. If you use achievements as a record, you know, if, if EVE is supposed to matter, if my actions in EVE should matter, then why does it make sense that more of my actions in World of Warcraft is recorded than in EVE? I want my legacy to be known i want a rap sheet that shows what i've done i want uh you know an opportunity to tell me exactly how many blood raiders i've killed or how many corpses i've scooped or you know whatever <laughs> you know let me build yeah. my legacy
1: we actually actually we actually had a discussion with that with our team Astrosparkle, with the team behind the scope network um on the subject of achievements recently uh steve brought up a great point uh talking about the difference between the participants. Uh, Participatory, but
2: I can't talk. <laughs> That's okay. aspirational you got it. I got there in the end. Aspirational. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, like talking about what's the difference between, okay, you've done the very basics of the game and it's good to reward for that, but you also want to then give people aspirational ones. Like, where's the opportunity for, I sat in my first capital. Where's the opportunity for, I completed my first level four mission. Where's the opportunity for, I made my first ship with ore I mined myself? Where's the first opportunity for, I made my first Tech 2 ship? You know? Where, where is all that? it would be cool. I got the killing
0: use... blow on a thing or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I got That'd my first great. kill.
1: That's actually a thing, actually, right now. I think that's the, called the cycle, um, the vicious cycle uh, chain of achievements, uh, sorry, opportunities. And then,
2: and then, of course, you can take that I to its like... logical extreme. And have things like uh, feats of strength. So, what if every single person that was on grid when Jamil was killed got a special achievement at that moment that only they got that that marked everyone that was there They'd, from that. I'd be that like moment. a
0: badge of glory. Like people that yes, got they... old titles in 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 WoW were like, "Look at this title I got before all you other people did things. I'm so cool. Look at me." And I mean, I know that sounds lame, but it. But
1: it is it's cool. Good. So <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing that you guys are forgetting is that we have a system like that already in the game called the medal system. And how many people check medals? No one, because they're completely worthless right now.
2: Well, what that's I not hope... actually true. Like in Faction Warfare, we use we, we've, each faction has yeah. now gotten a medal. Like I have the Galente medal, and I showcase it. You know, I'm really proud of it. But the point is, is that every single time that comes up, it is a chore. Like like r- literally to the point where they've said no more like each empire has gotten it once and that's it and it was always a big deal but i think that if you front load it you're right a lot of these mechanics already exist so if you thought about it they could they could blend these systems together to make it work but yeah, on the but other hand it goes back to it's all legacy code so who knows how easy that would be yeah
1: I, I i yeah i hate to keep banging on about iteration but that's the thing that i think is the most important about the game i think that if we talk more about Hey, you have most of these systems here. They just need to be blended together and pushed a bit more to the forefront. You know, you can you can still package that as a new feature. You can still talk about that as something in something that's advertise uh, that's ad, ad, advertisable? advertisable is that a word? I don't think that's a word.
0: It's fine. It gets the um, point so- across.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, if you if you change the way that. For example, let's say we change the way that tech threes work. We completely revamp them. We make them into something that you can, I don't know, do crazy, like absolutely crazy bullshit. Like you refit from modules in your cargo instantly, and oh, it's cool. You can do whatever you want. It's you know, that that's a really dumb idea. Please don't do that, CCP. That would be awful. Um, but um, you know, if you did something like that, you can still market that. You can still say that you know that all these systems have been changed the galante federation has released their new proteus and it's got all these cool the proteus mark ii that's got all these cool features the people who you're trying to bring into the game don't know that the proteus mark One is exactly the same as the proteus it no longer exists effectively what you you know that's that's cool you can still market revamps you can still market big changes in gameplay without it feeling like it's a detrimental thing
2: in my opinion I agree. I agree. I agree. So, yeah. Al- uh, Alim, I don't know how to pronounce names. That's a Alim thing of is mine. He's
1: a member, I, of my co- uh, member of my alliance, actually.
2: So Alim asked the question, "What is the point of achievements?" And and again, I want to go back to the idea of it's a permanent record. Like, yeah, great. There's certain ones that are like, "Oh, I've killed this many people, ha ha ha." But on the on another hand, like, there, it does show what you have and haven't done, right? And and again. Yeah. Uh, you know, they it gives you goals to it's aim supposed for. Supposed to matter. Well, well to yeah. Point,
1: if you have kind of a visible signature of that, it also shows what you're most proud of, which I think is also a very interesting concept. Imagine if you had—I don't know. Let's 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 make a new medal system. Let's make like a trophy room. What would you put? What what would you say your one greatest achievement is that you would put in your personal trophy room? I want I would all of you I killed
0: that. a titan day one in my corp.
1: So you, yeah, good. So you they were say, like, everyone come out. Titan. Yeah,
0: everyone come out and kill this titan. I was like, what's a titan? And how they were cool like, it, it doesn't be? matter. Just come fucking kill it. And I was like, okay, it was amazing.
1: So how cool would it be if you could have I don't know a tr- in your trophy room, like a piece of that titan, and it links to the kill now
2: and that's your trophy.
1: That's oh. your thing. That's That'd your equivalent of a title in the game. What about you, Astrokey? What are you most proud of doing in this game?
2: I, I think that I would probably have my uh the, the Galente War Medal for for taking the whole war zone. Yeah, so you because have taking a, part of that was a big magic. thing.
1: And yeah. in a trophy room, and it's like, I got awarded this for the Galante Federation, because I took part in
2: this massive effort to cleanse the war zone. You know, and this goes back to the story thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, we they want us to be building stories, and what the way you build stories is you... You give people goals and journeys, and and the ability to reminisce upon it, which I think that a lot of those things do. Like, I actually just went, uh, got back into WoW a couple, uh, about a week ago, just kind of checking it out, and I opened up my old achievements and looked through stuff, or even. Even when I'm talking about people, I was like, Oh, somebody was talking about the fishing achievement. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've got the dollar on coin because I spent three days <laughs> yeah. doing nothing else besides just sitting there fishing out of a tiny little fountain. It was the stupidest thing it's in the world. So but You dumb. know what? I've got the thing from it. I log I into can show you.
0: I log into WoW like probably once in expansion, and I'm like, Yeah, I did all those things. That was badass. But um yeah, and- Eve Scout brings up a, an interesting idea, which is um one thing is, corp leaders, i just gonna read what he says. Um, we would love to develop corp to find att- opportunities and achievements. Talking about kind of pl- player-driven opportunities, achievements, and stories. That's a great way to do it. Like, hey, I'm going to set up this opportunity or achievement to go out and kill 20 of this thing. Or get 100 of this. Or be able to do this other thing. And like that'd be great, for, especially for new players. Like, here's a set of new player achievements. Fit a ship to look like this. Fit a ship to look like that kill something with that ship like that's an interesting idea in my opinion yeah.
1: like they said you know you, you probably wouldn't use those in your trophy room but they're still a way of measuring a success and the thing is that that also helps you to tell a story uh, that's something that i also think is kind of not really ever been approached by SeaView there's never been an in-game mechanic that encourages people to look at your look at other people's history apart from Hey, check this guy's kill board, see if most of his ships have Sinos. That's like, you know, that's a thing, but there's never been a mechanic that's specifically geared towards getting other players to interact with other players to tell specifically stories of great things that they are proud of achieving. And I think that's something that the game could use. But the thing is, at the end of the day, I don't know if that's a priority over something like a PvE remap or, or, or null sec iteration or capital iteration or ensuring that ship, uh, ship balance is more carefully maintained. And that's one of the, p- the greatest problems about being on the CSM, uh, sorry, the worst problem about being on the CSM, is that you have to face that reality every day. You have to talk to these people. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea, but we're, we're busy doing this one thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah it makes perfect sense that that's what they're doing. Yeah. And that, that is more important than that. But you still feel bad, because that, that thing that you were suggesting is also a good idea. And you have to understand that not all good ideas can be made, and that is probably one of the most heartbreaking things about the CSM. It's probably why most people don't do two or three terms.
2: (laughs) I I will say, to kind of put this into reality, I I can guarantee you that... Well, not guarantee, but I will say that the the chance of me having finished the gold Ouroboros, having finished Shadows of the Serpent, would have increased dramatically if I had known that there would be a lasting... ...thing that I got from it. Just the fact that there is Isk or the blueprint that was worth Isk or something like that, I don't care. But if there is an achievement, if I got a final piece, if I got to keep a piece of the Ouroboros or something like that... um, ...if if there is a special skin that you can only get for having finished it and have that be worthwhile... ...or, you know, something, I Um, I, I probably would have gotten more... In fact, actually, I'll tell you this. If I could have gotten, like, guaranteed the Hecate, um... Uh, skin for the Serpentis, for the Gold Ouroboros, I would have totally gotten fifty thousand and, I would and have not even bring, thought about it.
1: Bring up something that I'm very concerned about with um, the with the Ouroboros containers, which is the fact that they are random, which is something that we weren't actually made aware of. That's one of the that's one of the small failures in communication that I have experienced during the CSM. But we actually had a really good discussion off the back of that and started to talk to uh, CCP about when things might. You know, because they didn't think that was a huge part of it, but for us that was actually quite an important distinction, whether it stuff's random or not random. Especially... Um, so we've had a talk with them about that. And it, I, know, I know it's effectively analogous to a loot table, but it doesn't feel like that to the player base.
0: No, it doesn't at all. Especially for the EVE player base, who likes to go, I know I'm going to do and make this per hour, be able to accomplish this and get these things knowing that it's random adds an element of okay so i'm not going to actually be able to do this all the time know for sure what i'm going to be getting kind of per hour or per minute because a lot of like when i think of eve and what people talk about how they're making money or getting items or whatever it's always a isk per hour sort of they're they're calculating what they're getting based on a known factor adding an element of unknown for eve players is like you're doing what now
2: well, I, I'm going to counterpoint that and say that there actually has been a lot of explorer content, which is highly random, randomized in the game, but you kind of you work the averages in that kind of sense. I think that one of the biggest problems was that you only get those three containers, you only get the one container, and that container is random. Like, if you, uh, for instance, loot boxes in Overwatch work because you will always get to another one. So if this one that you got was crappy, then that's great. You just work on for the next one. So just if they keep made it farming. so that you got. Right. So it, it's fine if you got, like, the the gold Ouroboros could have been 50,000, and that would have been great, and it could have been random and cool and, and give you a vehement and it had they have just given you a bronze every... Uh, 1K or every 10K so that way you get 4 and then continue to get it afterwards or however they did it so that way you felt like your one roll was not your one roll then um, I think that they would have been a lot better off but it was just the combination of all these pieces kind of working in contrast with each other that left such a bit bad taste in people's mouth when it which is good which is important to note because that means that the feature is really really close to being really yeah. really awesome yeah,
1: that that's something we had to explain to Astronsoft because they, they, uh, when we originally talked about it, they thought we were being quite negative about it, and that's something we've learned about communication as well. Like the CSM is a really a real big learning process, and that's sure. why it's very important that we have a couple of incumbents next year. Although I probably won't be running, um, it's 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 something that is a very big learning curve. You have to learn how each how how the teams interact, right. or want to interact with you,
0: but- and it. To interrupt, hold it's... on for a second. Sorry. I'm going to let you guys, like, one more comment each about kind of the topic because we're just about out of time. So one more comment each, shorter-ish. Ash, Dorothy, I'm looking at you. Um, and then we'll do our sign-offs and everything. So go ahead, Ash sure. and Jen.
2: Yeah, no, I was just... Uh, well, actually, now that kind of blasted what Sorry. I had to say. But uh, it doesn't really matter. What, I, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, w- with what you were saying, feedback is really important because I've seen CCP... Uh, see a feature not quite work so well and they just pull it completely or they pull support for it completely or they let it just rot. And that is, I think, if there's anything that CCP can do to improve the world as we move on is to realize that leaving things to rot doesn't make things better, but finding the happiness, finding the core engagement in things and working with the community to do that is the path forward. Uh, My final comment will be pretty short. It's uh, If you think the
1: CSM isn't communicating well enough and you want to talk to us, talk to me like I, i'm happy to go on whatever you want me on you know, at the end of the day the way that you want us to communicate with you is something i'm happy to help with and uh also please try and talk to us about things that you think aren't being addressed by ccp currently and i'd be very happy to uh very happy and very interested to learn about them. other than that I'm just, thank you family <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, so guys, I just wanted to say to everybody listening still, first and foremost, um, I apologize for my camera and audio deciding... No. I don't know why I did that, um, and... uh, I will have it fixed so that this doesn't happen again. Uh, will be back next week, so hopefully that won't be an issue. Um, really quick to do my own sort of, uh, quote, shoutout. on behalf of Matterall, who sometimes doesn't like to say these things, but it's important um, to remember that Talking in Stations is not just a show we do on Twitch, it's also ported out into a podcast. This episode might suck for people listening to that podcast, and I'm really sorry. Um, But in order to ensure that the podcast is available and that the show is available to the most people, um, donations would be Fantastic, fantastic subscriptions are fantastic, um, hosting the podcast does cost a little bit of money, so any amount you guys can give and help out is fantastic and awesome and we thank you greatly for that. Um, Ash, is there anything you'd like to say final regards to people, shout outs, etc?
2: Yeah, and I'm going to try to be brief even though I wanted this to be a bigger thing but we're running out of time. The short of it is, is that I am actually building my own social media game that's kind of a micro video platform using the or using Android devices. Um, I am currently looking for more testers. Uh, so it is at dev.demoniSoftware.com. What I, I will be tweeting about it more later. So if you want to know more about it, it's at Ashdorothy. I've been working on it for just about a year now, and we're getting ready to, to go into the testing phase. So if you're willing to help me out, if you're interested, if it's interests you, if you want to check out like a competitive vine sort of game, um, uh, you know, please hit me up on Twitter and be paying attention. I'll be tweeting more about it. Uh, thank you.
0: Can you drop that email um, in Skype and I will post it to the Twitch channel or to the chat as soon as we go off? Or can you post it, the email? Without
2: yeah, issues? hold on. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll just
1: send it to you.
0: Okay. I have to do to it after. If you
1: answer someone's question in the stream, literally just um, go into iTunes Podcast, type the uh, Talking in Stations, and you'll find it. It's pretty easy to find the, the audio version of this podcast, which is how I listen to it.
0: Okay, it's linked. Uh, okay, engine. Any any shout outs you'd like to make to people and anything?
1: Um. Yeah, shout out to Even T for being cool, bros.
0: <laughs> all right, guys, that's that's going to be it for us. Um Madderall will be back next week, so this shit show will end. Sorry again. I feel so bad. Um, so yeah, that's all. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye.